Conference on Visualization of Information. The See On The Go podcast. I would like to talk to, to you this afternoon about um, products. And as said before, making it personal, uh, I want to tell you how in the digital age, uh, how we can make products that are more personal, that are more purposeful, and more, even in that sense, more uh, useful. And of course, we live in a digital age, but let me take you. Pizza, I'm oh, all right, just wait. When it's ready, can you just shove it in my mouth? <laughs> Don't you be a smart ass. I'll break the atrocity channel. Hydrate level four, please. Ooh. Is it ready? Here you go. Oh boy, oh boy, mom, you sure can hydrate a pizza. Okay, isn't that what, thank you, thank you. Um, digital production, making something out of nothing, so as it seems, it's been a long dream of mankind. This is a sequence from uh, Back to the Future, an epic movie from the 80s. People my age probably uh, still recognize it. And um, basically, that, that's how we still look upon 3D printing, Back to the Future. Uh, in a sense, it's going to take us to the future because we can make uh, sort of images that um, were impossible to make uh, and, until now in the strangest shapes and everything. But at the same time, it's taking us back because it enables us to produce ourselves. And that's something that, that has happened uh, for the last time. It was during the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages, that man actually made stuff himself. And um, the 3D printer will make that possible. But don't worry, it won't be, uh, uh, this, this, this future we're going back to, it will be a bright future. It is even so bright that we got to wear shades. This is a 3D printed uh, uh, pair of sunglasses by Ron Arad. It was presented last week in uh, the Salone del Mobile, the furniture fair in Milan. And it shows a little bit of what sort of products the 3D printing will offer us. And it's going to be, wow, beautiful products. Look, this is a chair made um, from the principle of Gaudi, the architects with the hanging chains. And finally, you know, the, the church is still not finished, but this chair is going to be produced in just two days. So this is the sort of future that will bring us, and even, you know, you can bring your own, you can make your own stuff by making it with a digital pen on your pad, make your signature, send it to a company, and the company will print it out, and you have your own Signature face, signature design, wow. Don't we want that? And these sort of stuff is presented to us with, with uh, uh, companies with exotic, sexy names like Shapeways and Freedom of Creation and, and look how sexy it is. This is, wow, 3D printing. So are we, uh, are we ready for this bright future? Is it a bright future, actually? Because where is this made? Who made it? What's the material? I don't know. Well, actually, I do. This is made, for example, in, in factories that are somewhere in the countryside in England and, and uh, outside New York, and they're like a hundred 3D printers, like all day long printing this. We don't know the material. This is not back to the future. This is fast forward into history. This is going back to Dickens. This is even worse than, than the first Industrial Revolution. This is sort of dehumanization of labor, this is, please, next. Because this machine is gonna make the change. 
This is the machine we can all get in our houses. We can have our own little factory up in our attic or in a basement. It's called the Ultimaker. I think what I've heard from the organization is a MakerBot, which is practically the same, somewhere here in the house. And um, the beauty of this machine is it enables us to produce uh, stuff ourselves. And um, we can, the Economist, well, not, not your first magazine, predicted there's going to be a third industrial revolution. Personally, I thought we're still in the second, but the third one's coming up, and that has to do with the 3D printer, because now you don't have to ship any products. You know, you don't have to bring iron to China and then make chairs and bring it back to America and sell it. You can print on demand in your, uh, in your own home. And even the beauty of it is um, we don't have to make uh, silly sunglasses or beautiful chairs. But this is a project I want to hand out. This is a 3D printer on location in Afghanistan. And um, this, little, this little thing is a 3D scanner. So they scan the limb. And that's transformed into sort of a digital mold. So what you get then is a prosthetic leg that exactly fits that specific person. You can print it on site. And this project's called uh, the $50 uh, prosthetic leg. I think now we're getting close to a revolution. And um, well, the Che Guevara of that revolution is this magic thing, the 3D printer. So personally, I thought, I, let's, 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 you know, the beauty of this revolution is not that you're part of it. You are the revolution, so I want to be part of the revolution. I want, so I bought one. It took me two days to make it, and a divorce almost. Then finally, finally, it was finished, and I got it up and running, and I printed my own signature face. Vase. Oh, sorry, wrong button. This one. Please don't laugh. This is my contribution to the revolution. This is my first phase. And um, so you're thinking like, okay, wait till I print my own Gaudi chair. And it'll probably look like this. <laughs> so, and this is just the start of it, you know. People, are, no, this, this is serious. People are going to print this out. These are guns, you know. Um, what if in a couple of years there's going to be a wiki gun? I found my way around town this morning with Google Maps, so why not a wiki gun? It, it can happen. And imagine what happens, because with just a, a couple of frying pans, some gunpowder and a couple of nails, you can disrupt the whole American city. So it, it, is, it is a scareful uh, revolution. Uh, is this a revolution maybe even over before it's even started? The, the, the economist said, Prosperity will bring the end of war. Well, I dare them. I, I really dare them. So is this revolution over uh, even before it started? Well, I'm not a designer. Trust them, it should have, should have said. But are there any designers in the house here? <laughs> Everybody's keeping their hands down. <laughs> of course, I would have done the same. Um, meanwhile, back at the farm, no, literally, back at the farm, um, this Dutch designer, Christine Meinertsma, she had done this project. She made a book about a pig, and she took one pig and followed that pig from slaughtering up to 187 products, uh, going from beer, yes, I'm, I'm sorry to say, even in your beer, there are remnants of a pig, um, in, in aspirins, in ammunition, and also in the book itself, because the back of the, the book is glued with... Uh, well, it's coming from the bones and everything, so 187 products. She 
track that down, what, what, what this specific product uh, is going to, because the pig is also becoming a product. Um, then there's, she made it physical. She had one sheep, you can see the, uh, well, the passport. So if you buy this sweater, you get a passport. And this passport is, is a picture of the sheep, the name of the sheep. And the wool of that sheep, exactly that wool, is made into this sweater. So you, if you buy this sweater, you know exactly what you get. And um, I think, you know, that's quite an opposite of the 3D printed bra coming from, well, nobody knows anymore already. Um, this is sort of a similar project. This is a, a, a tableware made by also a Dutch uh, um, design studio. Yeah, I'm, so I'm from the Netherlands, so there's a lot of Dutch design in here, but it could have been anywhere, because if you take, for example, ah, this one, this is made from clay from the north of the Netherlands, and this is from the south, the middle. So this could be from Bavaria, Saxon, and other, these are only the ones I know, but so, what you get is basically, you can eat 10 minutes, no. <laughs> Metaphorically, you, uh, you can eat from, from, from tableware from your own back garden. A little bit more um, poetic is this project. This is a stool, and this is how it's made. With this stool, you can actually see how it's being made. It, it talks to you, it, it communicates. Not in a silly way that, that, that it's going to be bling on the cover, or a cross, or it's going to be, you know, or a Hemingway wrote a poem on it. No, 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 not in a silly commercial way that, that, that we saw this morning. This, this, this is a product that communicates you, and it's unique, but it's mass, sort of mass-produced, so you can reproduce it. Same, same here. This is a machine where that runs on solar energy. The thread goes through paint. The more sun, the more energy, the thicker the mold gets, and um, the darker the color. So what you get then is this is made in exactly one day. So in the morning it was a little bit clouded, then there was sun, then it was a little bit cloud. We went inside for a while, and we went outside to have a drink, and then the sun set. So this uh, stool is sort of hooked into the place and the time. It can only be made at that specific place at that specific time. And I think these are sort of the products that we need. Can I get more personal? Of course, this is also a product I saw last week in the Salone del Mobile in Milano. A designer um, made, uh, you can give the uh, designer of this, this uh, table, actually the same guy who did the signature face. So there is a progression in his, uh, <laughs> in his work. Um, you give him a hair and he sort of makes a graphic uh, visualization of your DNA. So this table is basically based upon the DNA of someone. And um, um, what I've tried to make clear with these products from the, the clay and, and the sheep and everything, that we, we need designers. Because if, if, if we don't have designers that sets out the par parameters, we're going to get guns and other ugly, uh, ugly stuff. But the question is, of course, how do we make the digital personal? How can we transform this personal way of production of materials and ideas to the, uh, to the digital world. This is a very, very, very interesting project from a Belgium studio called Unfold, Dries Verbruggen. Verbruggen, it actually should be. He'll tell you later on everything about it, but basically it is, you all seen Ghost, that movie, or only the people my age? Sorry? Well, <laughs> there's a brave man, a brave, bold man. <laughs> 
Actually, what you do is you, you just mold a, a vase into the... Dries will tell you all about it. This is another way of making the production with 3D printers personal. This is from a Korean uh, designer. You can see a, a sort of a, a glue gun there. And he sets the parameters so you can move the gun within a certain distance so you can get a vase. And you can dose the amount of glue so you can get a thicker vase or or a little bit thinner, or you can sort of, within the parameters set by the designer, you can make something yourself. And um, you may ask, why is it so important to make something yourself? Well, Richard Sennett, the, uh, the philosopher, sociologist, wrote the book The Craftsman four or five years ago. And to make it, because I'm limited in time, to make it in one sentence, that's what separates us from the animals. Because we can make stuff, we can put our own uh, personality or emotions into products. That, that's one of the basic essence of our uh, existence. And especially in the digital age, that's becoming more and more important. Let's take it up a notch. This is a project from a Belgium guy, Thomas Lomay. It's called Open Structures. And actually, he's not designing products anymore, but let me quote, a construction system where everyone designs for everyone. So it seems a little bit like a uh, email server, sort of. You can see there's some sort of new metric system he developed, so everybody can make products. But with these sort of products, everything is compatible. So if you make, for example, a vacuum cleaner, and it breaks down, you can get the fridge that was made with these open structures from the neighbors that's also broken down with this vacuum cleaner, and you can build, say, a microwave or anything. Uh, this is a this vacuum cleaner is made by the uh, American uh, designer Jesse Howard. It's not really beautiful, right? But hey, the future is going to be bright, not beautiful. Um, it seems like we're pretty close now to a revolution, and um, but there's one thing uh, still missing, and that is the uh, materials. Oh yes. This is also a very beautiful uh, project, because the, the materials, that's the big thing. If you took, for example, my vase that I printed myself, it's supposed to be a biodegradable uh, plastic. Well, actually, it's from genetically modified uh, grains by an ugly company named Monsanto. So it's actually a very nasty material. But this guy is a Dutch guy, again, one of my favorite projects, again. He bought this old robotic arm from a factory in China, and, and it, there it's used to sort of uh, weld together pieces of metal. He changed the software, and he put sort of a printing uh, tube on, on, the, uh, on the very end of it. So what he does now, he prints out chairs. Look, and now we're getting pretty close to the Gaudi chair, right? This is a beautiful rocking chair. And the beauty of it, the same with, for example, the clay, here you can see how it's made. You can see that it's layer by layer. It is, uh, it is printed out. And um, it could be even the plastic made from your own open structure uh, vacuum cleaner. It, you can recycle the plastic yourself. But we're still not in the backyard, you know, where you can dig up your own clay. But we're pretty close now because this is an, another project. This designer, he only designs this part this part and this part and, well, not even this part, but the fact is, like the open structures, he 
offers you opportunities, this designer. You can build your own bike and you can recycle products. So now you can not only make something, but you can make it locally. Don't ask me whether it bikes nice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go on riding on that in Amsterdam, but maybe, maybe in Wiesbaden. <laughs> well, this is my favorite project. This is from a German designer, and um, this is like a small-scale factory made in the Sahara. Look, there's his office. There he is, the designer. And please do trust him. Um, here are uh, uh, solar systems. What he has, he has sort of a big magnifying glass, and he puts that on, uh, uh, you can see it here, a layer of sand. And if you heat sand very hot, and you add soda and water, you get basically glass or stone or something like that. And if you move the pattern, it's glued together, then put a, a new layer of sand, glue it together, new layer of sand. So basically you can build your own stuff. And I think now we're getting very close to a revolution. Because now you can make in your own backyard, with free resources, with free energy, you can make your own stuff, your own DNA table, if, for all I care. You can make that uh, with the parameters set by a designer. And I think now we're getting close to products that, that, that are purposeful, that are meaningful. And once we're there, we're going to take it a little bit further. These are uh, uh, Russian-Spanish uh, uh, architectural duo living in Amsterdam. I mean, how globalized can you make the production? And um, they've made this robot that works a little bit different. It works a little bit like the robotic arm of the, uh, the guy who printed the, the chairs. But then he does it with sand. And this is fake. I, I'm going to be honest. This is fake, but this is possible. You could build something like this. <laughs> it is, you think this is funny? Well, how about this? This is a plan made by uh, Norman Foster one of the most famous architects in the world, the guy who actually built the space station in Nevada for space travel. And this is one of his plans. And this is, means that on the moon we can make a base printed from local materials. Um, I think this is you know, pretty close to the future. It is a bit far, but um, it was 2,000 years ago when Icarus wanted to fly, but he crashed down. Since then, man has been trying to fly, and we still cannot fly. But we did build aeroplanes during that time. So I think, I hope with the story I told you the last uh, 20 or 19, uh, 19 minutes, you get an idea of what sort of future, what sort of products we need uh, in, uh, in the future. It's all about making it personal. It's all about making... Uh, setting parameters where we all can make our own products with the stuff we, uh, we uh, collect ourselves. And there's probably one big question, how about the pizza? Well, everything's going to work out right. This is a food printer. It's very, very uh, prototype yet. It's made by the Dutch company Philips. But I think in the end we will all uh, dehydrate our own pizzas. Thank you very much. See conference on visualization of information. The See on the Go podcast.